Hey everyone, this is Hallie. And this is Adrian. And together we are the, the Bottle, Bottle Blondes. Blondes. This is the Unstuffy Wine Podcast for funny people. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts, such as Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Podbean, and more. Please download an episode and leave us a review. And you can also follow us on social media at our Instagram, at Bottle Blondes Wine. We'll have pictures of the wine we drink for the podcast and our other adventures in wine. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye. Bye. So yeah, Lange, kind of a catch-all, but uh, but real good entry-level stuff. And then within the, I guess, should we? St- oh, we're still in the Lange when we're talking about uh, what's the, what's what's our next region? Yeah, next one. We're still in the Lange. Um, uh, we're gonna be talking about Nebbiolo d'Alba. Now we talked about Alba. We talked about how the food city, um, uh, Nebbiolo d'Alba, is basically within the Lange. It's produced in the Lange foothills near the town of Alba. So it doesn't, it's kind of a good step up from Lange because it doesn't require crazy aging, which means the price point doesn't get driven up. But it's a little bit more site specific. Really, this one specifically uh, was grown on like the edge of Barolo. And it kind of, uh, it's, it's an area that I think it sits on both sides of the Tanaro River. Oh, straddling yeah, that river. Yeah, it straddles that river. So it gets, you know, really, really good temperature moderation, warmth from the river. Um, and, yeah, this, this wine specifically is 100% Nebbiolo. I think if the wine is red, we got the Neb tongue, man. Yeah, dude, that's what happens when you drink too much Nebbiolo. That's you get what neb, happens. Neb tongue. You get Neb tongue. Because there's no saliva left on your tongue because the Nebbiolo <laughs> sucked it all up. So yeah, Nebbiolo d'Alba is a DOC, but it does uh, when it's variety labeled, it means it's 100%. Um, but it does also it includes a DOCG of the Roero within its production area. So, so yes, that's fun to know. Um, cool thing about this DOC is that it also allows for a dolce and a spumante versions of its wines, but those are rare. But I was like. Spumante Nebbiolo? Yeah. Spumante Nebbiolo. That sounds like, uh, so just, you know, for the listeners. Spumante means fully sparkling. Fully sparkling. I don't know if it's 100% if, if the Nebbiolo is, like, if it depends on the variety, but yeah, they allow for that. How could you make a sweet wine out of I guess you would Well, actually, it. there's a lot of sweet Nebbiolo. There's like, uh, um... Fortified. You ever seen a fortified Nebbiolo? Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There's another, and there's I think uh, the the areas like Safranzo, sure, which isn't <laughs> which isn't in here. Yeah. Um, but I think they do a Pasito style Nebbiolo, which means dried like a like late harvest dried grapes. Got it. Um, but yes, Spumante, Spumante, or is it Spumante? Spumante. Spumante. We'll I can't say, imagine. We'll say it like Italian. Like Italian. I cannot imagine. A version like that that's crazy to me that's crazy that is crazy um vineyard area is kind of small here it's like only 1200 acres or 505 hectares but yeah like i said really good if you want something that's a little bit more nicer like uh riper than just a than just a longe but you you can't shell out for a barola maybe you're trying to press a date this is a good one for you yeah, the Ro- uh, and we're not really going to talk about the Roero today, but just real quick, as uh, you mentioned, it pushed up against the Roero. That's an That's area right. that grows uh, Arnes, which is a white grape, oh. and um, 
Nebbiola. Yeah. So when you see something that says Roero on the label, it's, it only has those two grapes. So the red's going to be Nebbiolo and the white would be Arnes. Gotcha. This one is really special. I liked oh it a lot. So 2018, Bruna Grimaldi is the winemaker. It's 100% Nebbiolo. It's grown on the border of Barolo on southeast and southwest facing slopes. So you get a lot riper fruit. Still that real, you know, garnet color, but, um, oh, it smells awesome. It really does. It's got so much more uh, fruit on the nose than, yeah. the, than this other stuff we've been having. I got like a ripe cherry. I got a rubios, kind of like a tea. Yeah, it's real. It's lovely soft fruit. Lots of fuzzy tannins. Only 21 bucks is a good one. Smells like a raspberry pie. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. The tannins and the acidity on this one are just really balanced. Hell um, yeah. You know, it's not so Hell dry that I can't taste the fruit. Totes. Oh my God. This is oh bomb.com. Bomb.com. Five bombs for this one. Five bombs. <laughs> We're putting out our rating system. Five bombs. Five bombs. I would say that first one that I pulled out, the Lange, two bombs. Yeah, it was definitely it was two like a bomb. two bomber. The Gamay, yeah, it was probably like a three and a half. Bombs. I'd say it's a three and a half bombs. You know, that last one's kind of less like a and more like a yeah, like a, like a dud bomb. Like <laughs> and then this uh, Colleen Navarrezi, no, like a four, yeah. three and a half. I would say it's like a three. I would say it's a four bomber. Four bombs. Four bombs. Fifteen to twenty days, and then they they age in large oak barrels. What is it called again? The large oak barrel? Bori. Bori. For six months. Um, and it's a nice family-owned winery. More sustainable vineyard practices going on here, but they don't got the green leaf sticker on the back. So, yeah. What a treat. What a treat. What a treat. What a treat. So, we're going to move on to the big daddy next, right? Yeah, I think it's time for, for it's both daddy the big daddies. Time. Maybe like the daddy and the mommy, but uh, you know I don't want to genderize uh, DOCGs. Wanna, that's right. You know DOCGs don't have genders, but they do have Ds. There's a lot of D going on. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> so if you think of the Lange, now that we've talked about it, it's kind of like a long, hilly area, and like Barolo, and I'm not going to talk too much about Barbaresco, but Barolo and Barbaresco, they like sit at the top of it. They're kind of like little cousins at the top, hanging out on top of, of the Lange. And Barolo is, is one of the most esteemed, prestigious regions of the Piedmont. And it's DOCG only here, so it's more highly regulated, hella famous. Uh, and the reason, one of the reasons it became so famous was due to, uh, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, the Marchese was essentially a noblewoman of Barolo. Her name was Giulia Folletti. Giulia Folletti. Is that it? It's G-I-U-L-I-A. Yeah, it's pronounced Giulia. Giulia. Yeah. She's a Giulia, folks. She's a Giulia. She's a Giulia. It's a woman. It's a, and I knew it was a lady, but I didn't know it was a Giulia. God, I'd love to marry a Giulia. You know what? I think you look real good with a Julia. Thanks. Thanks. Benny and Julia. Benny and Julia Calhoun. Calhoun. I love it. That's right. But if she doesn't want to take my name, I'm not. That's fine. You know, it's a woman's choice. It's the 20s. What is it? 21st? 21st century. <laughs> I'm not good with dates. Well, no, it's okay because our ravioli are so bomb.com. They make you think you're in the 22nd century. The futuristic. The futuristic. So, yeah, this woman was like hella ahead of her time and she started to produce dry 
uh, dry Barolos and essentially make them out of state and introduce them to other aristocracy. And those arist aristocrats were like, whoa, girl, this is really good wine you made. We're going to take them out with us. We're going to travel around um, with the House of Savoy, which was like a, a duchy. A duchy? A duchy. A duchy. Um, and they took them to the royal courts of Europe. And Barolo became the king's wine. Or the king and the queen's wine. Essentially the royal wine. And, um, yeah. It was produced in the... And this, another thing that was really revolutionary here is that this was a dry style. That's right. Because previous to, you know, this... It, Part of history, Barolo was a sweet wine. It was a sweet wine. And this girl, she was like, nah, man, I'm going to make it dry. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it got famous. Um, like I said, the DOCG, it makes 100% Nebbiolo. It's only allowed to be produced from 11 um, communes. I guess I'd call it a commune, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like 11, 11 towns surrounding the foothills of the Barolo. And the soils here, are, we're going to go back to that those two different geological types. The Tor, the Tortonian, that little Tortellini soil, and the Cerevelian, which is less fertile. It's loose like spaghetti. It's loose like spaghetti, spaghetti Cerevelian. <laughs> and the best vineyard sites are called Brico or Sori. Brico is in a superior site on a higher part of the hill, and Sori is a well-exposed, sunny site. So, you know, southern-facing, sunny, dry, good for ripening, because it takes so damn long to ripen here. And sometimes you'll even see that uh, on the labels. Oh, on the, oh, shit. Yeah, you can look for it when you're shopping for your Barolo. It'll say Brico or Sori? It will, some. Cool. Not all, not not all, all. the time. But some producers are like, does this area let me put a bunch of stuff on the label? I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to take advantage of it. It's got, let's see, how, how what order do I want to talk about this in? Um, talk a little bit more about the winemaking technique. So, like, for a while, you get a wine from the Barolo. Really, I mean, you can open it whenever you want. No one's going to tell you not to. But you really didn't want to drink it for, like at least five to ten years because it was so tannic it just dry your mouth out you couldn't taste anything else part of this was because these winemakers were just had crazy long maceration times the skin contacts so they crushed the grapes and the skin contact with the grapes it's because they weren't ripe enough they tried to get all the flavor and the color out of them but it would also lead to hella tannins so that was kind of the way they would make wine for a while they would blend it a lot from the different vineyards and communes um, but like I said, in the 60s and 70s, the state bottling kind of came up. And then in the 80s, Barolo, Barolo Boys. Boys, the originals with an S. That is true. Was, yeah. was a bunch of winemakers who had, I mean, I, you know way more about this than I do because I fell asleep during the movie because we had done a really, really long binge of, you know, our favorite Triple D, but... And then we, t we turned this on afterwards because we were adding new episodes. But essentially... It's these modern winemakers that were like, yo, let's use more oak to soften the tannin and a bunch of other cool, crazy stuff. Yeah, it was like, uh, they just we were like, hey, oh my God, how can we reinvent this industry? It takes forever to drink this shit. And it really was about, um, not, it wasn't shit. No, no, I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically just about like the two... The biggest important thing in this revolution of the Barolo boys was the move from Bodhi, which was are the gigantic chestnut, to Barrique small, 
uh, French, and the old generation felt very betrayed by this That's experimentation. Right. They're like, "How dare you? How dare you?" It was like, in the name of <laughs> of Julia Folletti, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, it was, they like destroyed, um, 15 to 20 year old, uh, chestnut bodies. Whoa, that's yeah. mean. You know, it's... don't destroy property, man. I, I, uh, you know, I applaud you for modernist techniques, but. <laughs> but, co but come on. But come on. One of the, there was some really great quotes in here. Oh, uh, quotes. Yeah, I love I was, a good I was quote. drinking some nebs while I was watching this, so I just wrote down some great quotes from, uh, some of the Barolo boys, but oh. then also from the old fucks before that was super mad about the Barolo fucking, boys. Fucking old fuck, man. And the, one of the quotes was, being conceited about your own generation is a mistake. You have to have a historic perspective and respect for all generations. Oh. That was from an old man, so he, they felt very, like, insulted oh, yeah. uh, by the Reese. Wow. And the reason this all came about is because there was, like I said, big stagnation in the wine industry, and then there was the fall of the Berlin Wall, and then people were allowed to be more young and ambitious and leave behind tradition and kind of like, you know, they needed to, uh, there was an agricultural poverty almost. Yeah. To, so uh, with pruning, uh, they used to like leave everything on the, on the, on the vine. And Whoa, that's just, crazy. Just make table wine with the excess. Okay. And then the Barola boys came in and they were like, no, we're going to do it like Burgundy. We're going to cut off a bunch of stuff. We're going to make it make into this nice little cane that shoots out Caligio. Yeah, we're going to thin out the grapes. Um, and yeah, we're going to use newer barrels and we're going to use those fewer grapes with the riper fruit. And, um, Hell yeah. you know, another thing, <clears throat> the boys were like, they were like friends. They were friends who met like two or three times a week, kind of shared ideas. Yeah, yeah, just like a bunch of boys hanging out. And then they basically became famous when they did like a U.S. tour in California. Like this, this um, I think it was an American... Uh, not distributor, importer. Oh. Who was like, I love these. It's like California. Let's go to California. And there was like this big Barola Boys tour. Whoa. They had like the names on the shirt, like it was a band's. That's yeah. so hella cool. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. And that tour happened in 1993. Oh, we were uh, just they, in, you know, like kindergarten back then. Yeah. And then we had this kind of event where Wine Specta Spectator was giving hundred points to Barolo and Barbaresco, Whoa. which Wine Spectator, like, never does. They don't, like, you might find a 93, maybe. That's the thing, though. This whole uh, idea of bringing in new, new like, the way we new practices. new practices, in a lot of ways, it was kind of like a fad, because then there was, like, this backlash. People were like, no, I'm sick of these, like, yeah. new Barolos. Give me, like, the old shit. And a lot of people were like, you're compromising the identity of Whoa. this land, and, um, it was a really big, a lot of tension. That is a in, lot of tension. Can you imagine if somebody came up to a food truck and was like, hey, raviolis, you can't put those on sticks. Yeah, you're not a fucking real restaurant. You're uh, not brick and mortar, you're on wheels. You're on wheels? You, you're not, you just travel around wherever you want. You're not held to any higher standards. Well, fuck you. Fuck you, man. And, and you know what? While we're saying fuck yous, fuck you to the producer of the great food truck, Grace, who did not accept our... Application because it was just five minutes late. You know what? We're gonna be back. We're gonna we're gonna keep applying, and you're gonna accept us, and then we're gonna win, just like the hundred point parole. Exactly. Gonna get a hundred points in the food truck wars.
you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Baroa was almost just like, you know, the revolution was like bringing prosperity to the region, but at the same time, it was also conforming to what a lot of Americans were drinking at the time, which was yeah. like big, heavy California totally. Cabernets. So anyway, you know, now circa, circa 2009, taste evolved again and people were going back to traditional. So now, long story short, the Barolo boys aren't really friends anymore and a lot of them use a combination of both Bodhi and Brie. So they, some of, they do a little bit of the new style, they do a little bit of the old style. It's harmony. And a lot of people just kind of deem that time period uh, as, as a fad. Cool. So that's, uh, that's it. The one thing that has stuck around is the crazy long aging periods in that is That is true. So minimum aging, 38 months. You know, I hate it when people talk about months. It's like, what is this, a baby? It's, oh that's three years and two months. And a minimum of 18 months in oak needs to be within that 38 months. If you find a Barolo Reserva, though, that's 62 months. Five years, two months in oak, like little Debbie Dippy diapers. <laughs> They're almost growing out of it by that point. That's it's a true. long, long time to be sitting around waiting to be drunk. That's, in a, yeah. yeah, that's a long time. So uh, let's let's get into this Barolo. All right. I've got, I have this Kovali Barolo, 2014. Um, you know, I really really liked it. I think it's, you know, I got it in like a surprise pack actually a while ago, and I looked it up, and apparently it's kind of a bargain because 2014 wasn't really a great year for Barolo. It uh, it basically uh, got affected by a lot of. Uh, Dampness and fruit flies, and um, gross. I hate fruit I know, flies. I hate, oh, gross! Oh, oh, oh. But uh, and I think you can find this one at Costco. Actually, it's good though. It's um, nine. It got 91 points on from James Suckling, and Kovali seems to be a large producer, but I couldn't find much about them. But it sounds like they're owned as part of Cesare Sal Salvadori, which is like a bigger wine company. Um, it's sourced from 10 to 40 year old grapes. And um, it has some really crazy flavor profile notes. Like this one, I got candied orange. I got a little bit of five spice, stewed strawberry, rose for sure. Like, a, yeah, like within that candied orange, almost like an orange liqueur, like a curacao. And when I tasted it, I was like, that tastes like orange beef. Oh, yeah, it tastes like, a Chinese, it tastes mm -hmm. like Chinese food. Doesn't it? Oh my god. And if there was a way that we could like uh oh, like an orange beef ravioli. Orange beef ravioli skewers. We're doing it. With some maybe some button mushrooms in oh, between. Oh that's nice. In yeah. between. You could grill them. And then throw we could on sell the grill. them we could sell them frozen, you could throw them on the grill, party pack. Oh my god. Oh my god. Guy Fieri, call us. Give call us a call. Call. Give us a call. Please. 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 Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, if we don't mind skipping back, oh, that yeah. uh, Nebbiolo d'Alba. Um, so most of these are 13.5% alcohol, but this one was 14.5. Uh, is a big girl. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see how that one, yeah. I, I can taste the difference in the ABV mm -hmm. here. Totally. You know, this Barola isn't as um, powerful as no. I thought it would be, which is strange because typically when you're comparing Barolo to Barbaresco, Barolo is considered you know typically the more powerful wine but you know it's really a case by case 
area by area, vineyard by vineyard. Yeah, this space. one doesn't have a lot of, um, like you said, power, kind of robustness, but it does have this like very elongated woody note that that lasts is like a long finish. But it's yeah, it's it's not as powerful, kind of as full bodied as I was expecting. Maybe that's just because it was a rough year. I don't know. It's what? a good entry-level drinkable Barolo. It's a 2014. You know what? This is going to sound kind of nuts. This kind of tastes a little similar to this Colleen Navarrezi. Like oh, this yeah? One, this one's, I mean, as far as, I mean, this one has definitely got more body yeah. to it. But I'm getting the same kind of like. Similar flavor. But I do get more of the orange and the beef in here for sure. Yeah. Orange I'm not beef. calling them identical, but. We're trying to pick out differences yeah. and similarities here. Yeah, the orange kind of a, a similar note there. I think that's a good call. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not what I would picture for a typical Barolo. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if it's a perfect example, but it is a good example of something you can easily find, which I think is helpful. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. That's good. And, you know, Barolos, they can be up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This one's like... Um, $25 price point. Probably on the lower end of Barolo. Whoop! Whoop! Wowzers. Wowzers. So let's talk about that other B. All the, right. The Twin Bs. The Twin Bs, the other B is Barbaresco. Barbaresco. So uh, prior to 1894, Barbaresco was actually used. Uh, grapes from Barbaresco were used for production in Barolo. So Barolo wine was getting marketed, mm -hmm. but some of the grapes were coming from, from uh, the Barbaresco. Barbaresco. I think it's more fun to say. Barbaresco. It's more musical. It's a fun yeah. cadence to it. Um, and then, you know, in 1894, Domizio Cavazza. Oh, hell yeah. Who was one of the, uh, was the director of the Royal School of the Enology in Alba, acquired a fucking castle in Barbaresco. I don't know if he was rich, came into some money or whatever. Or he just stole it. Or he just <laughs> he commandeered a castle. Commandeered a castle. <laughs> uh... Anyway, and then, you know, he and what after he had that castle, he funded uh, and founded the first co-op. So I'm guessing oh, cool. that the first co-op in Barbaresco was in that castle. Okay. Um, but, you know, still was overshadowed by uh, Barolo. And then in the 1950s and 60s, when people had abandoned their vineyards up in the northern Piedmont, uh, these two guys, Angelo Gaia and Gia Costa, uh, started putting more effort and focus into making Barbaresco a standout region and really wanted to show the world uh, its potential. And um, through, it was in the 50s and 60s that there was a kind of gradual uh, recognition about just what Barbaresco uh, could do. Uh, Angelo Gaia. Uh, I oh, think his, yeah. His I saw that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still exists, I believe. I saw some wine on wine.com. Guess how much a bottle of Angelo Gaia Barbaresco was going oh. for? hundred dollars three hundred and sixty holy guacamole ravioli yeah yeah oh my god did you just say guacamole oh ravioli? my god i just said guacamole ravioli holy. ultimate in california italian fusion we could do like a cat we could do like a california pizza and oh. we could put we could put guacamole ravioli on the pizza on the pizza because like tomato and avocado they go hand they in go hand, hand in hand they shake hands every day there's already bread in the pizza just put more bread on let's top let's put more bread on top of the pizza bread pizza oh my god guacamole ravioli guacamole ravioli pizza god was so god great. was so good at this you know what i did not finish look 
Full disclosure, I did not graduate from the Bronx Community College. Well, that's okay. I, but I did. But you did follow your dreams. I did follow my dreams. I got enough class. I got enough class and work there to help fill the dream of all of my food truck with my best friend, my brother, brother, best friend, brothers, best friend, brother Benny. We, you know what? When we, when we thought of the name, we we thought of it at the same time. We said it at the same time. We looked into each other's eyes and we said, "We're starting a food truck, and it's gonna be called Holy, Holy Ravioli." And our mother was in the room. She was in the room, and she was like, "Fine." And she gave us our inheritance. She was. <laughs> She's like, "If you're not finishing school, you might as well use it for something." You know, I didn't even think about school. I just said, "You know what? The food truck life—it's what—it's what's for me." And it's been. A real ride ever since. That's right. Been riding up and down the California coast, looking for Guy Fieri, visiting his many restaurants like Johnny Garlic's. Johnny, uh, Tex Wasabi's. Tex Wasabi's. Uh, we have not made it, you know what? We moved to California, you know, before he opened up his restaurant in New York, right. Guy Fieri's American Bar and Grill. Yeah, it just tears my heart apart. Fucking Pete goddamn motherfucking wells fucking pete wells you know i wish we had been there at that moment because i would have torn him a new one i would have torn him one so big it would have fit a whole load of trash can nachos in it and you know what he's just fucking jealous he didn't think of donkey sauce first that's right fuck you pete wells fuck you pete wells fuck you how dare you rip down an american icon's first restaurant in times square in times square do you know how hot it is to get a restaurant in Times Square. We actually tried to drive our food truck to Times Square to set up, and we were not allowed to serve food there. They they made sure we left very quickly. Yeah, we didn't get the permits. Uh, we I think we knocked a side mirror off a cop car. I think we did. Please don't come after us. Please don't come Times after Square, us. Please. We've never been back since. Anyway, anyway uh, getting back. Getting back to Barbaresco, uh, it's on the right bank of the Tanaro River. It's actually closer to the river than Barolo. Oh. So it enjoys more of the moderating influences from the river. Uh, 100% Nebbiolo, uh, the hillsides, uh, the, the grapes are grown on the hillsides surrounding the three communes of Barbaresco, which has a majority of the production, Nieve, and Tresio. Okay. So uh, it grows on hills at a lower elevation than Barolo. Uh, the soils of that are that Tortonian formation, so the uh, tight ravioli Marley. soil. Tight ravioli, little tiny baby oyster cannoli. Oyster cannoli. There's, it's warmer here. Uh, Barbera oh. ripens earlier and uh, more consistently here. And the soils are more homogenous here, okay. meaning that um, there's not going to be a ton of variation, uh, differences from site to site. Well, that's kind of nice. Consistency is nice. Yeah, so I think consistency is the key in Barbaresco. Uh, Aging here is 26 months total. Only nine in oak. Only nine. But obviously people go a lot longer. Yeah. And typically it's lighter with less ABV uh, than Barolo. Uh, Barbaresco has something called, uh, has 66 MGAs. They're now called UGAs. And what it basically is, it's like, uh, think of it as like a crew. It's just okay. like another identification. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Another yeah, identification yeah. that winemakers can put on their bottle to be like, this came from this specific effing vineyard in Barbaresco. Um, 
So actually, single this approach to single vineyard winemaking actually happened here a little oh. bit before Barolo, and Barolo was kind of like, oh, good oh, idea. Oh, good idea. I guess I thought of that first. And they basically kind of stole credit for it, in my opinion. Oh, so uh, single vineyards started appearing here in the 1960s and became more, you know, widespread by the uh, the 1980s. Gotcha. So uh, did I have any other fun little facts on Barbaresco here? Hmm. I think I already talked about the dudes, the famous dudes, Bob the communes. Yeah, I think we kind of just, you know, basically the main difference you're going to want to look for in these is one is lighter than the other, one ripens earlier than the other. Got so let's it. get in the one. Let's get in it. There's a little baby one. It's a little baby. It's actually by the same producer, oh, uh, the yeah. Cal de Bayo. It's my longer. Yeah, this is a, so this is in the, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, this is a 2015, which was a good vintage. This is in the commune of Tresio. Okay. And um, yeah. Yeah. Let's give it a let's give it a go. Give same, it a whirl. Same, same producer. It'll be interesting to see the difference between their. I kind of almost want to do a side by side. Like after we taste this, let's taste the. Let's go back. Yeah. yeah. One again. So apparently, when I was looking at their uh, their site, they're kind of famous for the Barbaresco. It's kind of like their staple. So All I right. imagine it'll be pretty good. All right. So yeah. This one. Had it as a lot more. Whoa. This one is a lot more. You know, when we talk about typical flavor notes in uh, in Brillo, Barbaresco flowers come up a lot. I feel like we haven't really gotten a lot of flower stuff in the other wines. This one definitely does. It's got some like dries ro dries ro ugh, dried rose petal. Yeah. That's a tongue twister. It's got some real potpourri. Yeah, it's action. got um, ripe raspberry, sour cherry, plum skin. It's got a uh, underbrushy dried leaf thing going on. Oh yeah. Um. This kind one, of like a fall. This one was aged in Bodhi for two years. So this is oh, a traditional okay. A big barrel. Method. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that one's real nice. Very nice. It opened up. It was I think I think I'm sure all these were real real tight. Real tight at first, real yeah. Real tight at first, but uh, really, really opened up. Yeah, Nebbiolo's a, a good, you know, uh, contender for for aeration. So if you have a decanter or a blender, <laughs> that's uh, we you could blend it. You could just stick it in the blender and blend it. That also works if you don't have a decanter. You're not going to hurt the wine by blending it. it. Just no. don't put anything else in there. Just Although, don't put it in. Make sure it's clean. What if we made what? Like Nebbiolo Slurpees. Oh my God. We could get a slushy machine for the fucking food truck. <sighs> It sounds expensive, but I think we could do it. You know what? I think we could do it. I think we could raise the capital for it. If we sell enough guacamole, ravioli, pizzas, we'll start our slushy. What are we going to call it? What are we calling it? I mean, a slushy trademarked by 7-Eleven Icy Drink? I don't know. No, those are Slurpees. Oh, slushy is not trademarked. Slushy is not trademarked. We could call it... Uh, Yeah, we're gonna second. we're gonna come back. We're gonna come back to that. Okay, let's have one more sip and then compare it to the. Oh yeah. To the. We're gonna go back. I don't I feel like we should have done it in the other direction. Oh well. Oh well. That's so nice. Yeah, super nice. They're just the floral kind of like bursts open in your mouth. Now, is that weird? I don't know. No, it's like a yeah, it's like a flower exploded in your mouth. Yeah, it's like a flower exploded in your mouth. Like you ate your mom's potpourri. You definitely did that one. You sure did. I had to come sure knock did. that shit out of your mouth. I just you know would go 
into a sewing room at night and I'd snack on it. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't kill you. You know what? She got the organic kind. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, this just smells so waxy. Yeah. Like, you still get maybe some floral notes, but it just doesn't have the ripeness or, like, the natural kind of flavors. It smells waxy. It's like Weird. unripe berries versus ripe, ripe berries. berries. Yeah. It's like artificial flowers versus real flowers. It's the real fucking deal. You know, after this comes out, people will start investing in our food truck. Uh, come once again to once Holy again. Ravioli. Holy Ravioli. Guy Fieri, call us. Open seven days a week or whenever you want, really. Just call us any time. We'll cut, I mean, do you want, do you want to fucking, you want a cannoli at 1 a.m.? I'll, I'll wake up and drive out there and That's I'll open right. up the cart for you. We'll open up the cart for anything. Gender reveal parties. Yeah, dog, dog reveal parties. Dog like you get in the dog, you want to surprise your friends what type of dog it is? We'll do it. We'll do it. Um, tree planting parties. Yeah, for like Earth Day, Abba Day. Abba Day. <laughs> Sukkot party. Yeah. Um, Easter parties, Easter, like today. Like today, happy Easter. Oh my God. Oh I, my God. I guess I kind of want to give you an Easter present oh, now. Oh shit, yeah. And then we should do seven things. Or do you want to do seven things first and then you get your Easter present? Let's get let's get the present out because then you know if I want to do something one of my seven things with the present. That's a good idea. I'm gonna I want to take a little video. Okay. While you're opening up your present, it's <laughs> gotta make sure my kid. Okay, all right. Here oh we my go. God, Travis, you you're too kind. You know you're what? Too kind. I just love you so much, bro. Wow. I know you've been eyeing this. Whoa. I know you've been eyeing this on the Amazon. Oh my God, look at this beautiful wrapping with this translucent bag. Yeah, you know, I just a little reduce, reuse, recycle. I figured oh. we could uh, figured we could put this up on the food truck. Hold up. Hold up. It's our number one guy. Oh, you know it, baby. Flavor Town. <laughs> Oh my God, you didn't, dude. I fucking did. You fucking did it. <laughs> I did. We're going to Flavor Town. We are. We're gonna, we're gonna go to Flavor Town. We're gonna pound some nabs. Beautiful. This is so beautiful. I'm so happy. I love it. I mean, even not all the flames on the shirt match with the lettering on the flag. It's beautiful. You get a look at this. You look fucking great in that. You Hell look yeah. so good in that. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Wow, Travis, you really outdid yourself. What can I say? I know you were just like, oh, I don't know, it's $13. It's, it's a little pricey. You know what? We were saving up for that slushy machine. I just Every penny counts. Every, but you know what? You found some room because you do those, you do the you do the paper. I found room in the budget for the Flavor Town flag. It's beautiful. We're gonna hang it outside of our truck. Yep. I figured it would just be look beautiful on the side of the truck. Oh, it's so beautiful. Well, Happy, happy, happy Easter. Thank you. Thank you. You really raised my spirit. Of course. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, all right. So all I right. got a note here from Hallie and Adrian that we got to do um, a little thing that they do to close out the podcast. Oh, yeah, where they that's rate, right. They rate the wines and then they do uh, seven things with their favorite. Yeah. Um, you know, I think who wants to go first? Hmm. Mm. Should we rock, paper, scissors? Old school? Well, you know what? You save the best for last. You, my brother. 
came out of mom's vagina first. Yeah, you did. You did. You came out first, so you get to go last. Sounds great. So I think that yeah. um, I'm going to rank this Lion Gate one last. Sorry. Yeah. 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 And then, um, let's see. After that, I think that one. Yeah. The Gamay. Yeah. Just, um, I don't remember it much. <laughs> yeah, it just, I think it maybe, maybe I'll stick it in the blender later. And maybe see I'll if, stick it in the blender. Yeah, see if that helps it or something. And then, um, hmm. I think, um, I think I'm gonna do the, the Colleen Novaresi after that. The Cavalli Barolo. The Nebbiolo de Alba. And then you, my favorite was this one. Yeah, you little, in. Baby little Baby Barbaresco. Baby Barbaresco. Baby Barbaresco. Hanging in the deep blue sea. Is that how that goes, Raffy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, seven things, my dear brother Benny, that you are going to do while you drink this 2015 Barbaresco from Cazabayo. You know, the first thing I do is I, you know, I probably would get a plane ticket, probably, you know, a super saver ticket, like the kind that you get. You, you usually just have the last pick of the seat, but it's worth it. You know, uh, overnight flight, go back to New York, go back home, and go to the site of our grandfather's grave in Brooklyn. Oh my God, Poppy. 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 And, and I, I tell him about a food cart. And I'd ask if he was proud. Oh, God. And I'd leave him some flowers. Oh, my God. And you know what? I feel real good about that. Bobby, God rest his, his beautiful soul. He lived to be 101. 101. And he never got to taste the raviolis. But he always <laughs> said he wanted to. So, like, he said, you boys, you got... Big smart heads on your shoulders. Big smart heads on your big, big shoulders. We're very, we're, the Calhouns are really well known for our broad shoulders. Little barrel chested too. We're top heavy. We're top heavy. Top heavy Calhouns. <laughs> You'd say you guys got good heads, smart boys. Oh. Your mother should be very, very proud. Oh. Ma, we're almost done. No. We love you. We love you. We love you, Ma. One. One. Uh, the next thing I would do on this Cazabayo uh, Valley Grande Barbaresco 2015. Ooh, uh, I go pick some flowers and I put them in a book and I press them. And then I Oh, like, Nana. Like, Nana. like Nana would do. Yeah. Like Nana would do. Two. And um, let's see, number three. Um, I go get a bunch of those like hand pies that you can get at the 7-Eleven, like the little cherry fruit hand pies. Yeah. Yeah, I get like a bunch of them and then I'd have a little hand pie party. Can I come to your hand pie party? Yeah, you're like the number one on my invite list to my hand pie party. You know who else we should invite to the hand pie party? Lisa, Lisa and Regina. And Regina. Yeah, they're they're gonna be there. Okay. I got a couple hot hand pies waiting for them. Oh my god, we could do a deconstructed cherry 
hand pie holy cannoli <gasps> you're fucking on fire i'm today, on fire Travis. today what can Travis, i say you're on fire it's the fucking nebs it's the fucking nebs lights your brain up <laughs> Ooh, I think we're on a three. I think that was a three. Oh. Oh, you're going on the four. You're going on the four. I would get a subscription to Zoo Books because I miss those. You did love a Zoo Book. I <laughs> loved a good Zoo Book. You had your little stuffed, uh, stuffed giraffe. I did. Little giraffe. Named Raffy. And little. Raffy the giraffe. Raffy the giraffe. And um, little zebra. Little Bieber. The Biba Zebra. The yeah. Biba Zebra. You were a very creative kid the rhyme, was, with the rhyming. I love the rhyming. I wish I had taken poetry. Yeah, nostalgic. You know, this yeah. is a, it's a nostalgic That's purchase. Right. This is a nostalgic, beautiful thing. Was that five, six? That's uh, four. You gotta do uh, five, six, seven. Three more. I would purchase a plaque for you that says Treasurer of Flavortown. And you can put it on your desk when you have a desk in the future because you're going to be so... Fucking loaded from your geniosity. Yeah, yeah. Travis Calhoun, treasurer of Flavortown. Oh, I know. I go down to the boardwalk, you know, and uh, I get one of those soft serve ice creams. I guess I'm real thinking about sweets today. Got a sweet tooth. Got a sweet tooth today, and I'd eat it, and I'd look out at the ocean, and I'd save the very little last bit for a seabird. And I'd hold out my hand, and the seabird would come grab it, and I'd say, I got you. Put the ice cream on your hand and feed it to a bird. I yeah, like it. All yeah. right. That's uh, six. One with nature, one with the sweets. Six. <laughs> Seven. Seven, I gotta, I gotta say, I would give Ma the biggest hug. Oh, mom hugs. Mom hugs. I just hug her for so long and so tight, and I thank her for all the things she's done for us. Fucking love you, Mom. Love you, mom. Love you, mom. I know you're, I know you're watching your TV shows right now, but we love you. So she's cooking a, she's making a pot pie tonight. <gasps> Ma's pot pie. I gotta thank you for that too. Gotta thank you for that. All right, seven, seven, seven things. Seven things. All right, Travis, time for you to rate. I'm not gonna change too much to your order here. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna make a very bold choice, which is kind of crazy. I'm actually gonna do a little reversal. Kind of, I just really like this Dalva. Yeah, the you know, Dalva just, was just real had good. more pizzazz, finesse. Well, it was like Uncle Jerry at a bar mitzvah yeah. losing his shit on the dance floor. Yeah, just cranking it out. Hot, right? hot dance moves. Hot dance moves. A lot more coordinated than Uncle Charlie. Oh my god. I don't think his cocks ever recovered. I don't think he did either. Walks Sorry, Uncle funny Charlie. Man. The first thing you do, Travis, with this. Bruna Grimaldi, 2018, Nebula Dalva. I think I would, uh, I would go down to the Venice Beach Kitty Shelter. <gasps> and I that would, is the most famous kitty shelter of all time. I know. And I would, uh, I would feed the kitties and pet the kitties. You feed the kitties and pet the kitties. Same time. Same. Pet You're a man of many talents. You know, I can multitask. I can pet kitties while they eat. And, uh, you know. That's what I would do. That's, I'm just feeling very generous today all of a sudden. How many years are you going on volunteering down there? 
Uh, oh God, the Venice Beach Kitty Shelters had me for uh, like uh, five, six, six years. Six years. Six years. A little bit longer than we had the food truck. No wonder you're so good at petting kitties that's and an, feeding them at the another, same time. That's another thing our experience. food trucks, our food truck does. We do uh, benefits for the Venice Beach Kitty Shelter. That's right, we do. That's our number one, number one client outside of Lisa, <laughs> the Venice City <laughs> Kitty Shelter. One. <laughs> Uh, number two, um, you know what? I, I kind of feel like I would, uh, I want to I knit some booties for our Lord and Savior, Guy Fieri. You know, speak it. Some booties? You know, you know, Ma taught me to knit. Jeez. You know, I just don't, I don't, maybe, I don't knit a lot. I didn't but, know you uh, still knit, Travis. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we could get Guy on our side if we, you know, send him some homemade things. I think you're right. I think this is a really good idea. You know what? We could do it in his signature colors. Orange, red, yellow. Maybe a little bit Flavortown of Flavortown booties. Flavortown booties. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, what was that? That was, that was two. The, that was two. All right. Two. Uh, you know... I'm gonna just uh, take Lisa out for some. Uh, oh, not Lisa. Sorry, uh, oh. Regina. I got, I got the nebs in my system. The nebs make you do crazy things. You no, know, take Regina out for some dancing. Yeah. Oh, kind of dancing. I don't know. Cut a little rug, maybe a little jitterbug. A little jitterbug, a little two stepping. Two stepping. Sounds real nice. Maybe some hip hop fusion jitterbug. Whoa! You know us. We are fusion boys through and, and through. through. Three. Uh, you know, I've been, I would probably get to some of those chores Ma's been bugging me about. I'd clean up the gutters, uh, you know, because it's got a little bit of underbrush and, you know, dried leaves in the gutters, so. You know what is often a flavor note? Yeah. Dried leaves. Dried leaves. It's real. You ever get some dried leaves in your mouth when you jump into a leaf pile? That's a thing. That's a thing. It's like a wine thing. Think about it next time you jump in a leaf pile or next time you drink wine. You're like, that's nips. Four. Uh, let's see, I would, uh, <clears throat> probably kind of sit down and have that hot-to-hot talk with Dad. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You notice, dear viewer, we have not mentioned our dad this entire episode. Estranged. Because we do not have a relationship with our father anymore. He's back in New York. And, um, he was not a supporter no, he wanted us. He wanted us to just get into the family business over there. Yeah, that's right. The family business of taxidermy. And you know what? But we ended up stuffing something else, which is beautiful ravioli. That's right. And cannolis. And tortellinis. Stuffed pizzas. That's another thing on that's our another, menu. Also known as a calzone, but it doesn't rhyme with the other thing. So. So, and he just did not support our dreams of having a food truck. You would call dad. Called that, and I'd be like, you know what? We are respected food cart owners. That's right. We are the president of the Fireheads, which is the Guy Fieri fan club. club. That's right. And we are the Venice Beach Kitty Shelters number, number one, one donators. That's right. That's right, Dad. Fuck you, Dad. I love you, Whoa. Dad. Just kidding. Dad, call me. <laughs> That was really emotional. I was in a roller coaster. Speaking Damn. of roller coasters, oh, yeah. that's what I would do next. I would go on the roller coaster. I'd go on the old rickety roller coaster on the south edge of the beach park there. Do you need a friend to hold your hand? Fuck yeah, it's you. You know it. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, uh, I mean, I would love, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. 
I just, I don't know our places in the drive-in, a diner, or a dive. But God damn it, I would love it. I would, I would, I would talk to Guy Fieri in our food truck drinking this wine. Holy hell. It's a dream, you know, I'm vision boarding it. I'm vision, vision boarding it. Well, if you build it, you dream it, it will come. Guy Fieri will come. We just gotta be patient. We just gotta keep on believing. believing in him. And you know what else I would do with this wine? What would you do? We would go on a road trip to Sonoma. <gasps> and we would go visit Mr. Fieri's Winery. Hot on and ride. I want to drink his wine so bad. Named but there's not the... quite enough money in the, you know, the fund to buy them because they're kind of expensive because they're super good. Yeah, they're super good. He does like a, like a Zen... Uh, named after his sons, Hunter and Ryder. Yeah. But I'm also going to name my children because it's such a good idea. That's such a good idea. You should name your children Hunter and Ryder. You know what? I'm going to name my children Ryder and Hunter. I love it. Love it. Six and seven. <laughs> Blam. Blam. Flavortown. Flavortown. All right. That's That's been our adventure through uh, Piedmont, Italy. And yeah. On the Neb Train. On the Neb Train. Um, you know, the Barola boys here, proud, proud flavor town heads, Fieri heads, and um, I hope we did, you know, our girls, the Bottle Blondes, proud. I hope so, too. They're real nice letting us come on the show and talk about our favorite wine. All right, uh, mom's, uh, mom's ringing the dinner bell, so we yep. better get up there. We better get up there. We better enjoy that Popeye. All right. Bomb. Oh.